done, and we want to continue to keep each and every one in prayer. We also want to continue to keep Israel in prayer. We see what's going on in the Middle East. A lot of things are, are rising, and, um, and all that we can do here uh, in America is continue to beg God, continue to ask God's mercy, continue to pray for Israel, because there's no surprise that this was going to happen to God, because there's no surprise to God to anything. But God's in control, folks, and um, we may see people that are out of control, we may see radicalism, we may see a lot of things even happening that's in the Middle East, we see even radical things that are happening even in America. And I would never believe that in the life that I live now that I would ever see divided in a lot of areas uh, when it comes to Israel. And it is just, it is just behooves me and it is just amazing to me so much hatred towards God's people. But you know, I'm reminded in God's word that Jesus clearly lets us know if they didn't like him and they hated him, they're going to hate us, us that are believers, us that serve the Lord. And as time goes on, as we continue to fight the good fight of faith and we continue to stand for the truth, stand for what's right, uh, there's going to be people that will ostracize us and people that will put us down. But folks, we are still to stand for the truth and stand for what God has said for us to stand on and we must stand on his word that we are not to look to the left we're not to look to the right it's not time for us to compromise it's time for us to stand and speak the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth for us to live by the truth because that is going to bring us in to heaven and I thank God today that we can continue to fight the good fight of faith in Christ Jesus. And we don't do it alone, but we do it together. And we've got Jesus on our side. He's the victor, and we've got victory in Christ Jesus. And so I look at him as Abba Father. Uh, as, we, as I say, uh, he is Daddy. And we look to Daddy because Daddy's going to take care of us. And, uh, and he's going to protect his own. And so I thank God today. I thank God that you're here today. If you would stand with me across the building today, we read every morning Galatians 2 and 20. We want to thank those for watching us uh, here live today. And my prayers are something I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. Let's read today Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. If you have your Bibles today, you can hold those up high. Uh, if you have your uh, tablet, if you have your Android Bible app, if you have your iPhone uh, Bible app, whatever you may have, let's get into God's Word today. I know it's going to be projected on the screen today. But we want to continue to do uh, on my series here, the Holy Spirit series, sermon number six. And if you've missed that, you can actually go on our website to www.vsclexington.org, go into the media area, and you can see 
uh, if you have missed any of these uh, sermons that I have on the Holy Spirit series, you can look at those as well, and, uh, and you can um, see what uh, I've been sharing uh, with the church and sharing with each and every one. The Holy Spirit series, sermon number six, the title of my message today is this, The Holy Spirit and the Christian Life. We're going to look at this a little bit as time will permit. The Holy Spirit and the Christian Life. And I have been sharing with you about the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does. The Holy Spirit is not a it, it's not a thing, but it's a person, as we see, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we want to leave out the Holy Spirit and we want to pray to the Father and pray to the Son, but somehow it just seems like we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be involved in our lives. And folks, I want to share with you today that that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is to reside in our hearts and life. The Holy Spirit is to live in our hearts and our lives. When we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts and lives, that's when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And therefore, uh, when we have the Holy Spirit, He is to lead us, direct us, and bring us into all truth. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be active in your life. Now, I have talked about a lot of times when we have the Holy Spirit in us, if we're not careful, we can vex the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can cause the Holy Spirit not to be active in our lives. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want to damper uh, the Holy Spirit, but we want the Holy Spirit to come alive in our hearts and lives because the Holy Spirit is what leads us, guides us, directs us in the life which we live because Jesus has left the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, to comfort us so that we're not comfortless, but we have the Comforter in us and therefore guides us through our walk with the Heavenly Father, by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this. Listen, there are some things we have learned about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a person having intellect, the Holy Spirit is having emotion, and the Holy Spirit is having a will, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit and conversion that takes place regenerates the believer and brings new life to the believer. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. They have become, and I like to add that word, become brand new. In Titus 3 and 5, we see, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of, guess what, here's that word, of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it takes up His resonance within the believer. The last time I talked about how that this is our body, but it is God's temple. Let me say it again. It is your body. It is the mortal body that we have. We have a mortal body. 
It is your body, but it is God's temple. He resides in His temple. There must be a temple for Him to reside in. We see in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, the Apostle Paul, he writes and says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple? Here it is, the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So in, in actuality, your body is His, and the temple is His, and it's all His. So we are to submit to the Heavenly Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed, and therefore it begins to let us know that now He wants to reside in our hearts and our lives. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Baptize the believer into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all done made to drink into what? One Spirit. My first point today is this. The presence of the Holy Spirit produces faith. Not only does the Holy Spirit help us in our walk and where we need to go, what we need to say, what we need to do, how we need to respond, how we need to act as Christians, but also the Holy Spirit produces faith. Faith within you, faith within me, faith within the believer. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture here in Galatians 3 and 1, where the Apostle Paul writes, as the Galatians begin to work and begin to do a work for the Lord, and they were just uh, zealed up to do something, but then here's what took place as they began to fall back on God and begin to walk in the flesh and didn't walk in the spirit. And here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, Oh foolish Galatians, three and one, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from, uh, from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of the faith? He begins to ask the question. You started out right, but he says, are you so foolish Having begun in the Spirit. You see, that's why the Spirit is so important to be active in our hearts and lives. That we not walk in the flesh, but we're to walk in the Spirit of truth. That we're to walk in newness of life. That we're not to walk in darkness, 
but we are to walk now as Jesus has brought light unto our hearts and lives that the Holy Spirit would be activated in our lives. He says, you begun in the Spirit. Are you not being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does, uh, does, he, uh, does he do it by the work of the law or by the faith? Verse 6, just as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preaching the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing of Abraham. In other words, when we allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in our hearts and lives, we've got to continue to walk in the Spirit. We just doesn't accept Jesus as our personal Savior and leave it at that. That we not just accept the Holy Spirit and leave it at that. We are to continue to work on our salvation in fear and trembling. We are to work on our salvation every day. I can't serve the Lord for you. You can't serve the Lord for me. Mom and dad can't serve the Lord for me. Your friends can't serve the Lord for you. You have to do it individually because Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. Not just Sunday morning, not just Wednesday night. He wants a personal relationship with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, thirsty he wants to come into your house he wants to dine with you he wants to give you victory he wants to strengthen you he wants to share with you he wants to show you things that you've never seen eyes have not seen ears have not heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for his church and for his people you have the victory and he wants to share with you the victory that he has give God praise in the house today hallelujah the spirit is not dead but the spirit is alive the spirit can be alive in our hearts and lives we can allow the holy spirit to come alive in our life we can allow the character of jesus christ to come alive in our hearts and in our lives listen the christian life begins with faith Paul has been to Galatia, and many had believed. And there had been evidence of their new life. In other words, he said, you started out right. But he says, now you've been bewitched. You've been fooled. Because you think you can go by the law, and you think you can follow everything about what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, where you want to do it, and you want to mix it up a little bit with the Spirit. And he says, therefore, you're walking foolishly. And there has been that evidence of their new life. The Holy Spirit will draw you to the faith in Christ. Now these converts have concluded that keeping the law was necessary. And here's a mistake of many cults. 
the law is fulfilled in Christ and Him alone. The Holy Spirit comes in response to faith and He matures our faith, Jesus Christ. He increases our faith through the written Word of God and He was at work in Revelation. God reveals unto us. It's not all about what you do. You can come to church as many times as you want. You can give as much money as you want. You can do all the great things with the church. You can do this. You can do that. You can help the poor. You can help the needy. But when it comes to us at an individual affair, we cannot allow us to walk in the law and walk in works. We are to walk in grace and mercy because it is only by the grace of God that He has saved you and I today that we can miss a place called hell and make heaven our home. Listen, 2 Peter 1 and 21, For prophecy never came, by the will of man. I want you to hear this. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, that's why it's so important that the Holy Spirit be activated in our hearts and lives on a daily basis. That the Holy Spirit is to lead us, it is to direct us, it is to teach us. He was at work in inspiration. Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. No, the world we live in today doesn't want to be corrected. They don't want to be instructed. They don't want to be told what they're doing is wrong. But folks, the Bible clearly lets us know that that's what the Bible is there for, to let us know that it is for reproof, it is for correction, it is for instruction to instruct us so that we don't go down the wrong path, but we stay on the right path and that we keep our eyes on the cross and ask Jesus to forgive us and us continue to stay humble before Him and say, Lord, have Your way in my life. He is at work. John 10, or John 14 and 26 says this, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Here is the Holy Spirit, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will be a helper. That's what the Holy Spirit is to do, is to help you, to guide you, to direct you, to lead you. You see, the more we know of Jesus, the stronger our faith is. The more we know of Jesus, the stronger our faith is. My second point today is the presence of the Holy Spirit produces a fight. The presence of the Holy Spirit produces a fight. Galatians 5 and 17, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now listen to this. Let me read it again. For the flesh 
lust against the Spirit, the Spirit that's within you. When you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart and life and the Holy Spirit is in you, the flesh wrestles against that Spirit that is in you and the Spirit is against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, there's fighting that's going on. And we know the Spirit will override the flesh, but until the day you die, until the day I die, you and I will wrestle against the flesh with the Spirit and the Spirit with the flesh because the enemy is never sleeping. He's always alert. We need to understand his devices. We need to know what he's up to. We need to know his scheme. So if the devil's not messing with you, that means he's already got you. He can move on to somebody else. But if he hasn't, if he keeps messing with you and keep and you keep going through some things over and over again, that means he hadn't gotten you yet. So it means he's still trying. He's trying. He's trying. But listen, we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Why? Because we're in Christ Jesus. He increases our faith by revealing Christ, the living Word. This is the promise of our Lord. John 16 and 13 says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The more we know of Jesus, the stronger of our faith. Peace at a moment of conversion takes place. Spiritual life has come. Fellowship with God uh, becomes reality. But soon as we learn, we are in a war. I've always said, you're not on a cruise liner. You're on a battleship. You're on a battleship. As I was looking over the news this past week, and I was watching <clears throat> the news, I began to see all of the ships from America that sent to the Mediterranean Sea and um, the capabilities of the technology that we have, folks, is nothing to play with. That's nothing to reckon with. Um, when they say that we are a superpower nation, we are a superpower nation. And uh, when I saw all those ships going out and saw what all they can do, and there's more that's going, there's more troops that will be, will be headed out that way, I'm telling you, it's, it's nothing to reckon with. Um, Listen, I want you to know today, we've also got an enemy, Satan, that we have to war with every day. And he's nothing to reckon with either. And you can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. But I'll tell you, I know who can reckon with him, and that's Jesus Christ. He's went through death, hell, and the grave. He arose on the third day. He's seated with the right hand of the Father. And therefore, we have power from on high. And he's given us the power. He's given us the authority. And God has given us, and he will give us the strength to continue on. But we need to know what he's up to at all times. Because he is forever 
He is trying to destroy, kill, steal, and to destroy you and I because he does not want us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to read your Bible. He doesn't want you to have uh, meditation on God's Word, and he doesn't want you to pray. But if there's ever a time that we need to do what we need to do is these things we do need is we need to pray, read our Bible, and stay close to the Lord. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says this, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is war with the devil day in and day out. But guess what? Ephesians 6 and 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. War with the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, the Apostle Paul writes, says, but I, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be, become disqualified. What is the point of this conflict? This conflict comes between the Holy Spirit versus the sin nature. The Holy Spirit will always go against what the sin nature is. And I want you to, to know today that's why it's so important that the Holy Spirit to be active in our hearts and life because it tells us whether you're right or whether you are wrong. This is what the Holy Spirit does. <clears throat> now all of us have a conscience and we know what's right and what's wrong. But when it comes to spiritual matters, the Holy Spirit will tell you whether you're right or whether you're wrong. It'll tell you whether you've got a bad spirit or a good spirit. It'll tell you whether you should have said what you said. It'll tell you whether you should have went where you went. It'll tell you the Holy Spirit will. But you can override the Spirit and say, well, I'm, I'm okay, I'm all right, I can, I can do what I want to do, be what I want to be, say what I want to say, go where I want to go, and everything else. And you can override the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you're walking in the flesh, you're walking in carnality, and you're not walking in the Spirit. And when that begins to take place, you've got to back up and say, whoa, wait a minute, I've been listening to the devil. Wait a minute, I've been listening to the wrong person here. I need, to get, I need to get a line, I need to line myself up with Jesus Christ. I need to go back to the cross. I need to get something clarified. I need to, I need to correct my, myself because I'm going in the wrong direction. Because I'm telling you, the devil's out there to kill, steal, and destroy. He's going to take you down a road that you don't want to go. And I, listen, he'll, sin will keep you, further, keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll take you further than you want to go. But listen, I want to share with you today, that's what the Holy Spirit is there that's within us. It lets us know whether we're doing right or whether we're doing wrong wrong you see Paul lets us know this clearly and he lets us know that we need to take inventory in our hearts and in our lives how do we stay how, how do we stay victorious in this battle that we're fighting 
How do we? How do we? By feeding the new nature of the Word, the nature of the Word of God, allowing the Word of God. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I'm going through this, and I'm going through that, and I'm dealing. Listen, the Bible has the answers for it all. Let me say it again. The Bible has the answers for it all. When you open up the Word of God, you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it. When I read it, I can't read these and thous, and I don't understand Listen, if you'll just take a passage of Scripture, uh, the book of John's a great book to start. Psalms is a good, good book uh, to read. Listen, when you just open up and you have a chance to just sit down and just, just read it, just, just, just read it out, I promise you, as time goes on, you will see where the Holy Spirit will speak to you in your quiet time of moment, and God will minister to you right where you're at, wherever you may be. That's what the Holy Spirit does. We need to be aware that the Holy Spirit is wanting to help us on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit is wanting to teach us. The Holy Spirit is wanting to instruct us. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to do what needs to be done for the Lord Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit says, I do not do anything of myself. Jesus says, I don't do anything of myself. Everything is orchestrated and goes back to the Heavenly Father. And the Father has allowed this to happen as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, by yielding to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, I fully surrender. My third point today is this. The presence of the Holy Spirit produces fruit. This is also what the Holy Spirit... Not only does the Holy Spirit produce faith, but the Holy Spirit also produces fruit. Did you know that? We bear either good fruit or we bear bad fruit. Now some of us around us may be bearing bad fruit. Shame on them if they're bearing bad fruit. But we need to be the people that are bearing good fruit. Galatians 5 and 20. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. This is what the Holy Spirit, He becomes active in our hearts and life and causes us to love everybody. The Holy Spirit causes us to have joy with everybody. The, the Holy Spirit calls us to have peace with everybody. The Holy Spirit causes long-suffering with everybody. The Holy Spirit causes kindness with everybody. The Holy Spirit causes goodness with everybody. The Holy Spirit calls faithfulness. The Holy Spirit causes gentleness, which is self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, this comes naturally day in and day out, but you cannot do this on your own because you've got to have the Holy Spirit to be active in your life to allow the fruit of the Spirit to come alive because that's the character of Christ. The character of Christ. We are not Christ. You are not Christ. We will never be Christ. 
but we are to be Christ-like, but to get the character of Christ is to allow the fruit of the Spirit to come alive in our hearts and lives so that the world can see that there's a difference. If we don't have love, the world's not going to see any difference. If we don't have kindness, they're not going to see any difference. They're going to say, well, you're just like everybody else. If you don't have long-suffering, they're going to say, well, you're just like everybody else. We've got to set ourselves apart and come alive because Jesus Christ has saved us from a world of sin and He's caused us to be salt and light to the world. We are a beacon, we're a light to shine upon so that people can see and be drawn to the love of God as they see the character of Christ come alive in our hearts and our lives. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How to see who is winning the battle. Here are the things that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in you. He's wanting to produce the fruits of the Spirit. Notice the natural divisions within this list. First, it's in relation to God. There's love, joy, and peace. That's first, the relationship of God. Second, in the relationship to fellow man. Not only do you have fellowship with God, but you have fellowship with fellow man. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. The third is in relation to ourselves, that we would have faith and meekness and self-control. So you first are in relations with God, which is love, joy, and peace. Second in relations to fellow man is long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. Third in relation to ourselves is faith, meekness, and self-control. And yet what a beautiful cluster of grace that takes place. Because God grants grace unto our hearts and lives but He wants the fruit of the Spirit to come alive. You may say today, well, Pastor, I'm a little weak in the fruit of the Spirit. I don't really have patience. You may say, well, Pastor, I don't really have long-suffering. Well, these are things that we have to work on. That's why I've said the Bible says to work on our salvation in fear and trembling. That we all are to work on our salvation daily. We are to work on those things that we are weak in. But it's not for us to throw our hands up and quit and go home and say, I can't do it. You can do it. You are an overcomer because of Jesus Christ. And He has brought a comforter unto you, which is the Holy Spirit. In my closing today, what is the Holy Spirit producing in you? What's the Holy Spirit producing in you? Listen, by yielding to Him, the Holy Spirit, we become fruitful. When we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we become fruitful. In other words, when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, guess what begins to take place? Love begins to take place when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Joy begins to take place when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Long-suffering begins to take place when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness 
self-control. Listen, if you don't have this mount, this mark in your Bible, listen, I want to challenge everyone today. You need to highlight Galatians 5 and 22 through 23. And listen, I want you to read over that next week in your, in your quiet time of meditation, of your devotion, and say, Lord, ask yourself a question. Ask yourself. Say, Lord, am I allowing the fruit of the Spirit to come alive in my life? Listen, you can go through all the motions about being a Christian. Everybody can say that they're a Christian. We have a world that says, I'm a Christian. But here's the difference of somebody telling you they're a Christian and allowing the fruit of the Spirit to come alive in your life. That's when you see the character of Christ. When you see somebody says, I'm a Christian, but when you see the fruit of the Spirit moving in somebody's life, you're going to say, well, he says he's a Christian, but I really see Jesus in this man because he's allowing the fruit of the Spirit. He's gentle. Self-control, there's, there's goodness, there's love. Listen, that's how the world is going to know the church. That's how the world is going to know us, is that we love one another. That's how they're going to see it, as, as we love one another. That's how the world is going to see, as we love one another. That's how we're going to see completely how that God clearly lets us know of His love through His Son, Jesus Christ. By yielding to Him, we become fruitful. Stand with me across the building today. Listen.